had those microphones, fellas, and I had them. What was wrong with them? There was nothing wrong with them. I was fucking broke. Oh, 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 oh. Welcome to the hey, according now to listen podcast. To this. Oh, hold on. Go ahead, Devin. We're on live. No, I don't ahead. want this shit to be live. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask y'all later after this show. Okay, after the show. Welcome to the According Sources podcast. <laughs> I am your host, Andrea Williams. It's been a while, and I know you haven't heard that in a while because, you know, before the last two months, we've been doing podcasts pretty, um, pretty, pretty normally. But um had a couple of things go on in my life. I, I lost a, a close family member back in um, in August, and um, I live in Georgia, so Hurricane Irma decided to sit her fat ass right in the middle of, like, all of my shit, and um, I was without power for a week, so um, once I actually got power back, you know, just trying to get back into the, the regular groove of things before I actually started the podcast. I did a ball podcast, um, ball sports podcast last week. I don't think it's out. Be on the lookout for that when it drops. Got ball control. Yeah, ball. I got uh, got my juices flowing, and here we are. So we're gonna jump right into it. Since the last time we did a podcast, Devin and Chris, a lot of things have happened in the NBA. We'll get into the first one. CP3 is on Houston. How do you guys uh, like that move? He hates Steph. It looks nice. <laughs> Them niggas ain't beating the Warriors. <laughs> now, is that like, That's okay, all. okay. Every time something happens in the NBA, are we going to say that? Or they're not beating the Warriors. I mean, nobody's beating the Warriors. But, okay, That's take true. it, you know, remove it away from the actual not being able to beat the Warriors. As a, as a move, how do you think it's going to affect the team? Are they going to be better? Is it like a, is this a step, in, um, a step forward? Is it a lateral move? What is it? It did did Chris Paul sign an extension with them, like after he got traded, or is it just like just one year and then that's it? I think he did. Uh, he's still on his same Clippers contract. Yeah, he's on a Clippers contract. He uh, he opted into the final year of his contract. So I think he's trying to see what happens with this season before he actually does anything. Trying to see if those banana boat boys <laughs> are gonna are gonna get together at some point. So I think they're all trying be- out this. One I don't year. believe it's gonna happen. That's kind of the same thing that um, Russ Russ did OKC until they traded for uh, Melo. He's like, you know, I'll sign that contract. Yeah, yeah, I would have signed that contract too. Two hundred, was it two hundred and five million? Two hundred five guaranteed. It's a lot of money to be playing. Yeah, I'm not mad at him. I would sign that contract too. I think, you know, as far as Houston and and um, and CP3 goes, I'm interested to see how it works out. Right. Because you have two guys on a team that are it's like it's different when it's two ball dominant guys, but they occupy different spaces on the floor. Like Shaq mm-hmm. and Kobe, Kobe is a perimeter player. Shaq is in the middle. Magic and Kareem, Magic is a perimeter player. Kareem is in the middle. But now you have two perimeter players that dominate the ball. I'm interested to see how Mike D'Antoni is going to blend that because it's going to take someone, one of them two is going to have to do a lot of giving in that relationship. I don't know which one of them is going to be able to do it. I'm going to assume that it'll be CP3, but he's a bit of an asshole. So I don't, I don't know if he's going to be willing to, you know, just be like, okay, I understand this is James Harden's team. Here, I'm going to, you know, give up some of the, you know, the responsibilities that I've always had in my career 
and you know let you have that. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? It's 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 difficult to tell them because I have to try to look at that without. I have to try to look at it with my general manager eyes and not my general manager on 2K eyes because on paper it looks good. Like it can blend well, the ball will move around a lot. Will it um, And then that's when my realistic general manager eyes come into play and I say, Will the ball move a lot? Because James is a not not so much a ball hog, but in order for the offense to work, he does have to demand the ball a lot and create a lot on like iso isolation on the perimeter. Rather than Chris, he's better at you know, he can't play isolation on the perimeter, but he can do pick and pop, pick and roll. But it's still I've never seen Chris play with a shooting with another like dominant shooter like like James. It, it's hard for me to see them doing well. I just I don't know. I don't even. I really realistically, I don't see them getting past the the second round of the playoffs I mean, in the Western got, Conference. Got CP3, of course, they're not getting past the second round, Chris. Oh yeah, well there you go. I mean, <laughs> I mean it, it looks nice. Don't get me wrong. CP at the one. I mean, they finally got an actual point guard. James Harden is not a point guard. He played point guard for one season. Um, they got we got a small forward. Um. I don't know. Can't really think of it, but <laughs> I can't remember. But uh, I mean, me neither. I almost said Melo, and um, but I mean, they got some nice pieces. Don't get me wrong, but do, do we really think that they can beat the Spurs of the world? And yeah, I think that was that's your bias jumping out there. You threw the Spurs out there before you threw anybody out there, man. I know what you out here doing, Chris. You know you're a Spurs fan, <laughs> man. You're not slick at all. Yeah, you know you got you got to wreck that silver and black, man. You know, I don't know, right? Like I said, it's a lot of ball-dominant domination going on between those two players, right? But here's my thing. Like, Houston last year ran, like, they pushed the ball a lot. And the biggest problem that um, Blake Griffin and and DeAndre Jordan had with Chris Paul is that he does not push the ball. He's not a, I'm getting the ball up the court and fast-breaking and we're getting wide-open threes and we're getting dunks. Chris Paul likes to walk the ball up the court, run his mm-hmm. pick and roll, yep. and try to break down a defense. He is not really big on running up the court because he's like, uh, what is Chris Paul, 32 now? He's 32 years old, 33 or something like that. However old he is, he's been in the league for a, a decent amount of time now. He's not, not about to run up and down the court anymore. So that was a big part of what made Houston's offense run. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, and like as you mentioned that, that means Harden's going to change his game to suit Chris Paul. I mean, like you say, he's 33-33 if he's running up the court every game. So if that to change Harden's game to fit CB3s, how much is that going to affect like Harden's productivity? Uh, it could be a positive thing where you know he takes less shots, scores the same amount of points, efficiency goes up. He has more energy towards the end of the year and into the playoffs because last year it looked like in the playoffs he really, really lost steam because he had to carry such a heavy load, you know, basically setting up their offense, being the focal point of the offense, and also creating for everyone else on the team. So maybe when you bring in Chris Paul, 
maybe it gets the ball out of his hands a little bit more and it, it could be a positive thing. But man, I'm, I like, this is one of the reasons why, like I didn't have league pass last year. I was just watching games on my fire stick. I'm going to buy league pass this year. I had it a couple of years um, before, but I'm going to buy it this year. There are teams that I, I'm really, really interested in seeing. And, um, uh, you know, Houston is one of them. Another no. team that we're, I'm really, really looking forward to watching play Say it. This is Say the it. Oklahoma City Thunder. I, Man, I, that's I gonna really, be nice. I really want to see them play basketball. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe. What, what do you have against them, Devin? You don't want to watch them? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I, I wasn't. That wasn't thinking about OKC. I was thinking about Minnesota. Oh God, my boy Tibbs. <laughs> I watched it like in 2011, so I'm not really, you know. I don't know what it is about Thibodeau, man. I know he killed people. I know he like injures and just destroys people's careers. I like, dude, that is something about him. I just like. Did you, did you hear Tyler Gibson say it? He was like, uh, he didn't even have a chance to like. They had landed from the game the other night. He was like, he didn't even have time to unpack. Thibodeau had them ready for practice. Like, we're going to practice. <laughs> like, wow! We just got off the plane from a game. We're going to practice. Get your shit together. We're, we're, we're about that motherfucker's evil. About to grind your knees <laughs> in the pixie dust. <laughs> that's what we're about to do. Yeah, but uh, that's another let, team. They better not never let Thibodeau become a college coach. Oh, he gonna break something. Oh man, it's not a chance in hell. It does. Two hours of practice a day. What? They already don't pay these guys, so you go, you're making them pay for free to ruin their future careers because they're playing for Tom Thibodeau. Never going. Please. I, I am interested Ugh. in um, Timberwolves. They're they're one of the teams too. But I mean, how can you not be interested in seeing P? You know, PG thirteen, Mel, hoodie mellow, and 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 why not? Like you, those are the people that like. I am really. I want to see how that's going to work because even more than Houston, trying to figure out how that's going to work. Like I think there's going to be some bumps in the road for that team, but I think you know at the at, one, at some point they're going to figure out what they're trying to do and get it together. I don't know how the hell OKC is going to do this. I have no clue. Quick question: When do you give Sam Presti an executive like the decade? Because this man is he is. Like bribe two NBA teams this offseason of everything. I don't understand. God, don't, don't bring up the Bulls. You bring you about to bring up the Bulls. Yeah, you about to bring up the Bulls. Please. No, we bring up Sam Preston. You might bring up PG. Got Melo. Didn't even give up much. But the only reason why he was able to get Melo is because he was able to swindle the Bulls for uh, Doug and giving up um for Cameron Payne. Mm-hmm. Goddamn Bulls. Wow, I didn't think about it that, that way. At the end of the day, the Bulls turned like six draft picks. <laughs> it was like six draft picks, man. <laughs> and, and God, man. Into Cameron Payne at the end of the day. But I mean, Sam Presley has done a, an excellent job. You know, you know, people are talking about whether or not, you know, how good of a job he's been doing, you know, because I mean, he had KD, mm-hmm. he had uh, James Harden. So he had two. Uh, you know MVPs and a guy who's finished second in MVP 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 MVP, oh my god I'm tired MVP voting (laughs) like the last two years you know what I'm saying so it's like um, what is going to go on here you lose two of those guys you trade you lose one of them because you traded them 
for nothing, essentially. I mean, but who did they get back for him? I, I mean, um, what was it, Kevin Martin and other some other garbage that you know, some other garbage. Yeah, some other trash. I don't even think I don't think most of the people that was on that trade for or any of the people that were on that trade for the uh, the you know the. The James Harden trade. I don't believe any of those guys are still on. I thought Kevin Martin was dead. Well, no. I don't know if he's retired, but he's definitely not in the NBA. <laughs> and then you he was cold with the Kings. I don't know. Oh, no, he was good. But you, but then you lose Kevin Durant because he doesn't like your coach and he doesn't like your team. Even though KD, <laughs> he wasn't trying to put that out there. That was, that was, pseudo, that was pseudo KD. That was, uh, that, was, that was trash, man. That was that man. I was just reading it. I was like, "No, KD, please, no. This you didn't say that, dude. Like that couldn't have been you. That wasn't your Twitter. Somebody, somebody just copied and pasted that blue check mark and put it on their own page. Like that couldn't have been you, dude. KD argues in in, in for himself under <laughs> a completely different. <laughs> Who knows how long he's been doing it? But you know what? Oh, I was man. thinking about it. Honestly, I, I, I bet you a whole bunch of these uh, NBA. Players oh no, I I, and w- I know they do it big time. I think uh, it, it's especially I. It's you know who I really think does it is Russell Westbrook because he never you wants to so? say anything. Oh yeah, man, I think Russ do that all the damn time. I. I I would also like to throw a wild card in there, thinking that D Rose might do it too. Yeah, nah. too like spelling. He's never on social media in general. Like a shit ton of spelling errors, grammatical yeah. errors. <laughs> like you got people writing tweets for him. Like Derek like, had it. He has a Twitter. He just never uses it. Like uh-huh. it's very rare. You know, I think pre ACL, Derek will be on social media a lot more. But once he tore that ACL, didn't come back, and people started shitting yeah. all over him. He was in commercials and stuff, doing a lot of TV appearances before his ACL, too. Yep. And now you don't give a shit about none of that. Like, fuck everybody. Them old-ass men that play for and, the Cavs. Oh, never mind. Don't. Yeah, we gotta talk I'm, about say, I'm saying this now. I'm going to say this now, man. If D. Rose gets injured in Cleveland, bro, I don't know how I'm still defend like in general because Twitter is going to be on that man's case. That's going to be horrible. They're going to they be on him no matter what. But yeah, no, he could be healthy no and they'll still him. talk shit about it's it. It's like man, there's no need to defend him. It's like what what is there to defend? He's 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 got hurt. It happens. Mm-hmm. The more you get hurt, the more probability it is for you to get to get you know get hurt again. However, it's weird that people feel like. There, that's the reason why you attack him. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. That he's he's getting hurt. You know, shit happens. It's not his fault. Like he's out there like, please let me get hurt. Let me tell I think he's ACL. doing a much better job at it than like Brandon Roy, Greg Oden. Um maybe not as maybe not as long not having as much as longevity as Penny. Because I didn't realize it, but Penny was around for a while after he yeah. messed up his legs. He played for Phoenix. He played for New yeah. York. He didn't play, play for, well. He, he didn't play well, yeah. He but, played well in Phoenix. He did not play well in New York. But um, Derek actually, he wasn't that bad. When he was healthy last year, he wasn't that bad. He was actually solid. Yeah, what was he? 18, but, what did he have? 18 and 5 last year? I mean, yeah, he, he was solid. Like, he 
isn't the greatest uh, percentages, but I think he shot around 44% from the field, which is, you know. That's good enough for the Knicks. Yeah, that's good enough. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, not, that's probably not good enough to be a starting point guard in the league. I would love to see him coming off the bench and just eating up second units because I still think that he has the ability to, you know, score. Oh, I'm praying, I'm praying that Derek just plays so good. Nigga played so good that Isaiah Thomas got to come off the bench. Oh, Man, that's oh I just want the world for doing I am worried oh, about just... Isaiah Thomas, though, with that hip. Like, that is a serious, serious thing, man. It's basically bone on bone. He needs to um, do the A-Rod and Kobe method. Go to Germany, um, recirculate that blood, and then put it in him again and get right back to it. Man, get that pigment in treatment. I don't, I don't know if that's going to like that's going to work because the surgery was supposed to be putting something between. Because right now it's just like his hip; they're just grinding, like the bone is grinding against the bone. I mean, basically, what happened to Brandon Roy with his knees? You know, he had uh, no yeah. cartilage in between the knees, and there was nothing stopping the knees from grinding against each other. And I mean, I'm that shit. That sounds so painful. Yeah. Essentially, that's what slowly but surely happened in the D Wade. <laughs> Uh, D-Wade had already had <laughs> yeah. that day. Because you know, he, he had it shaved down, right? Yeah, no, nah, he had yeah, yeah. No, he had it removed. Jeez. He had it removed. Like Derek did the second time, um, to get back quicker. But I guess D Wade has just been able to manage the pain a little bit um more than you know, most people would. We'll see what happens, man. Uh you know, with, with OKC is what we were, you know, the initial what we were talking about. It's interesting. Because, like we said, you know, those are three guys that are used to being the man. And, you know, it's weird because they're going to have some interesting lineups, right, where where PG is a small forward, Melo is the power forward. That's going to be weird to see and interesting to see how they how they manage that because on the, on the boards they're probably going to get destroyed. But then again, they're going to yeah. be running up and down the court and you know shooting a bunch of threes, and it's going to be a fast-paced game. We're going to see if Russell Westbrook can remember how to play <laughs> with two other guys that can do other stuff because that mm-hmm. game last year was not capable of doing anything else besides give the ball to Russell Westbrook. And we're also going to see whether or not – I mean, so what would it be? It would be Steven, Steven Adams, Paul George – Russ, Mello, and Roberson. Uh, oh my God, that boy's so damn trash. Oh my God. So, I mean, at that and point, Patrick Patterson. Yeah, I, I forgot that they had him. And Huetus, Huestus, however the hell you say his name, he's he's a power forward. So it, Russ at the one, Roberson. Realistically, it'd be Paul George. Then Carl, I mean, uh, Carmelo Anthony. Oh, shit, man, they're going to get destroyed. I, yeah, I don't know how. I mean, I guess you could put Paul George at the four if if it's depending on what the matchup is. That's and an awful small starting lineup. <laughs> they are really tiny. Because once Steven Adams goes to the bench, it's a wrap. Exactly. I told Patterson, like, what, 6'10"? <laughs> Yeah, and he's really unathletic, and um, I believe he's a three-point shooter. He's not like the guy that's getting down in the paint banging. Oh, yeah, is it that dude from Toronto? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly what he did in Toronto. Yeah, he's a pick and popper. That, that's what he, you know, that's what he makes his money doing. So that dude used to make Taj Gibson look like Charles. 
Oh, my God, man. Oh, Roberson is so trash. Oh, he's terrible. So, terrible. I mean, they, they have those three guys, and there's only one basketball. It's not like them, you know, those three players, like, once again, you know, they're not – they're all occupying the same space on the court pretty much. You know, Melo likes to post up, elbow, free throw line extended. Um, Russ likes to post up the same place. PG likes to post up the same place. They all like to dribble around on the perimeter in the same spots on the floor. Pull up jump shots from the same spots on the floor for Melo and, and Russ, and I want to see how they're going to – like we got – Billy Donovan has a, a tough road ahead of him finding an, an offense that's going to fit all three of those guys at the same time. It's not like Golden State. Like that fit perfectly because, you know, KD can shoot from half court. Uh Obviously, you know, Curry can shoot from half court. Klay uh, uh, Thompson can shoot from half court. And then you have another guy that can hit some threes every now and then. But he's a, you know, he's a, a supreme playmaker. You know, nobody ever claimed that Melo was a playmaker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's a shot maker and he's a shot taker, but he's not necessarily a playmaker. And I mean, I guess you could say yes. Paul George is a little bit of a playmaker. Yeah. Let's not fool ourselves, though. I mean, Melo's never been a playmaker. And if people think that, like last season, hearing about his assist numbers and, um, like, a bunch of other stats that really don't mean nothing, you know you're getting 20, at least 20 and 10 or 20 and 5 from Melo every other night. I mean, that's all the Thunder really need, right? You would hope. Yeah, I I would assume so. But at the same time, I don't think – I think Russ has become – such a better passer since KD left that it, mm-hmm. it really might benefit both Melo and PG because they can get open, because they can move around, you know, without the ball, because Russ is still Russ. He's still going to demand MVP attention that's he, that he's worthy of. I, it's almost like, it's almost like if he wants to drive, he could kick it out to Carmelo He's going to bang it in. He has one of the best mid-range shots in the history of basketball. And then PG is just really gifted in, 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 in a lot of facets of his game. It, it's going to be interesting. Like the most, I think the only thing that I worry about is when they're not on the floor. Like I, think I, I feel like they're going to they're gonna just drive into the ground. Like Billy Donovan might have to drive one of them into the ground because I – I mean, he got he got Felton coming off the bench, behind True. him, and then True. like I think they got this this kid Dakari coming off coming after Stephen Adams. Like now that I think about it, and I analyze that roster, I think Houston might be better than them. I think they're gonna keep one of those guys on the floor at all times. When you got three people like that, one of them can always be on the floor. There's enough, mm-hmm. you know, split in the times, enough split without, you know, one or two of them on the floor where at least one or two of them will always be on the floor. I don't think we have to worry about that. What really worries me is whether or not we're going to get the Carmelo Anthony that makes quick decisions. Um, he's shooting the ball or passing the ball, shooting the ball or passing the ball, not mm-hmm. the mellow that gets the ball. And, you know, you know the mellow I'm talking about, uh, ISO, ISO Jimmy style. You know, jab, step, jab, step, hold the ball, hold the ball. It needs to be, well, I have a shot here. 
I'm going to take this shot. Oh, I don't have a shot here. I'm not taking that shot. And that's the same. I'm passing it. Yeah. He has to be quick decision mellow. It can't be the mellow that, you know, sat in New York for eight or however many years he was there. If it's that mellow, they have no chance of being successful. Exactly. No chance at all. No chance at all. They need him to be, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I know it's cliche, but they need him to be Olympic mellow. They need Olympic mellow. They need the guy that, you know, just uh, picking pops. If he has the shot, he takes the shot. If he doesn't have the shot, he doesn't. And he passes it and keeps moving. If he can do that, you know, for however many games he plays in the season, I think they'll be okay. I mean, obviously, you know, the the slogan is they're not going to beat Golden State because they're not. But they might be able to get into the third round of the Western Conference uh, playoffs. Maybe. You think so? Mm -hmm. I'm just throwing things out there. I got this wild theory that LeBron sent all of them, sent all of them to uh, to the West to tire out the Warriors, so he could try to get a, a final shot at them. And LeBron needs to worry about <laughs> getting to the finals with that team that they have. Let's. It's a good thing. I'm glad you brought up the brought up them damn Cleveland Cavaliers because I I, I really want to talk about them myself. They were You're one of the man. worst defensive teams I had seen make the NBA Finals in a very very long time. Last year, they were bad. And then they went and added Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, and Isaiah Thomas to an already pitiful defense. <laughs> now, now, Derrick Rose in a, isn't a defensive stalwart, but, I, you know, he's probably a, a better defensive player than Kyrie Irving. I don't know if I can say the same thing for Isaiah Thomas based on the fact that he's a midget. Um, Settle down. Dwayne Wade isn't a good defensive player anymore either because he's old and he can't he can't uh, stick with anybody. I mean, if you watched any Bulls games last year, he was a pretty pretty bad defensive basketball player walking up the court because he was tired and any number of things that he was doing that. And that's why you made glad going to Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, so it's like now you. You're putting like, you, uh, have you heard about the starting lineup that they're talking about putting out there where they're starting Kevin Love at center? Yeah, and putting uh, Tristan Thompson on the bench. They should be last year, to be honest. But look, you're playing Kevin Love at your center, Derrick Rose at your one, and Dwayne Wade at your two. That's crazy. That is I couldn't awful. do that. I couldn't do that at all. I feel like. What did he like? Jr. started like sixty games for them last year, and he was solid. Like he was good. Man, I mean, for the get, circumstances for the team that he was on. Once you get Dwayne Wade, all that goes out the window. Dwayne Wade ain't <laughs> coming off no damn bench. That's <laughs> one. Like y'all saw the uh, the the press conference where they were talking to Melo, and the dude was like talking to him about coming off the bench, and Melo was like, "Who?" Yeah, that was not funny. me. Like, I'm not coming up. Like, and that's the same thing that, like, if somebody asks you wait about coming off the bench, he's gonna be like, "Who? Jr. Yeah, Jr. Coming off the bench. Me? I'm starting. <laughs> I mean, that's just what I do. I start. Uh, the hell are you talking about coming off the bench? So you know, even though you they know, can you try that Kevin Love them, experiment, it's gonna they can try that Kevin Love shit. It's gonna be hilarious. They can try it all they want. I said they would though. I mean, he played center in um, Minnesota, didn't he? I don't know what he played. See, but like so. that goes back to me. Like that goes back to like I think me and Just talked about this on a, on a podcast we did once, where 
What up, like, Jeff? You see somebody like like you see some a player like that on a bad team and they do really well, is it because they're, they're really good or is it just they're standing out on a bad team? You know what I'm saying? Mm, or, or or is it or is it because like I feel like he came to the Cavs, obviously he has to, you know, shed some parts of his game off because of you know, the respect for LeBron James because he's LeBron James. It's almost like Chris Bosch did when he went to Miami. Chris yeah, Bosch definitely. was an all-NBA type player before he went to Miami. But then he had to change things about his game. At the same time, though, I don't feel like Kevin really like shed some things off his game and became and still had like really good talents a part of his game because he's he's actually become just a little bit above average for me just a little bit okay here's the thing kevin love is nowhere near as good a basketball player as chris bosh nowhere and and i mean when he came to cleveland i thought he was going to be balling out like i have to admit it but no he's not because he's not he's not he needs to be, you know, integrated. He needs to be a focal point to get, you know, every drop of juice um, out of his his basketball time. Like you could throw, you know, that Chris Bosh, you could throw him on any team, and that Chris Bosh is going to do what he did. Like he's got, he's just a twenty and ten guy. Like, and I know Kevin Love was putting up just like historical numbers, but like you said, you know, he was playing on a team full of no talented guys. Like, okay, somebody's going to have to get these points. Somebody's going to have to get these rebounds, and he was the best player on the team. He did it. Now, that's mm-hmm. not to say that Kevin Love isn't a really, really good basketball player, because he is. It's just to say he's not in the same league as Chris Bosh. And it was crazy that people mm-hmm. wouldn't even consider him to be that good, because he's not. Chris Bosh was a bona fide monster. He got teams to the playoffs without LeBron James, without Dwayne Wade, and that is yep. something that, that, um, that, that Kevin Love couldn't do. He couldn't even get to the playoffs himself, so I don't, you know, you know, no, no. Plus, you know, LeBron James is with power forwards go to die. <laughs> <laughs> what? 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 It's true. <laughs> it's, I don't want to say it's, it's his fault, but he once again, LeBron James is good when he's occupying the same place that a power forward would be occupied, which is, I mean, it sucks for them, but it's the truth. And he plays his best basketball when he's at the power forward position. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to yeah. take him off the floor off of Kevin Love. <laughs> like, Speaking of which, right would do that? I think David Aldridge did a thing on this once on Twitter. I think it was like the not this past year, the year the Cavs won. There was a stretch of games where Kyrie and LeBron were both out. Uh, with injuries or rest, but it was the same stretch where I think it was like six to eight games on and out, on and off, and he compared it to a stretch where it was like ten games when LeBron and D. Wade were out in Miami, and he compared both Kevin Love and Chris Bosh. If if you remember, that was like near the end of the season when they did that with really he Chris Bosh balled the fuck out. Like he was like the player of the week two weeks in a row. <laughs> like he was destroying the competition. He had a game winner against Portland. Kevin Love yeah. was he was still in the same boat. Like he was a he, he was a like a role player. He just went 
absolutely crazy. There's like 30 points and 10 rebounds. Yeah, that's right. Where he hit like hit like four four or five threes in a game. Yeah, he had some he had some games where he was just going nuts out there. But for the most part, yeah, you're right. He was just um, pedestrian. <laughs> I think I only have one Kevin Love highlight in my head, and that's him playing great defense on Steph Curry. <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a very, very hurt Steph Curry. <laughs> that's very, all I got. Hurt that's, all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. Like, other than that, he's, he's – like I said, he's just above – just slightly above average. He'll forever be a Cleveland hero for that moment, though. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You think they're going to let that white boy lay that down? Hell no. Never, he ain't going to never buy a beer up in Cleveland. <laughs> Ever. But <laughs> something else happened while we were uh, gone that we didn't get to talk about. But you just actually brought it up, brought it to the forefront of my mind. Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. We, didn't, we have not talked about this. We did. <sighs> These niggas some hoes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know, I'm like, I, I, I love, I love LeBron. I, I don't uh-huh. think that uh-huh. goes without being said. Everybody oh, yeah. who follows us, they know that. Oh, but yeah. these, these, they are both grown ass men. With no, children. they're not. They're not. Well, LeBron, excuse me. LeBron they're, is a man. To biologically, LeBron, and they grow. And men. apparently, to LeBron, Kyrie is a kid. He <laughs> called him kids about a million times. In, uh, in that press conference. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that was well. I'm trying to inspire all so, the wisdom I can on the kid. I think it was so interesting to watch Kyrie just just straight disrespect Max Kellerman on that first take interview. Like, he was like, or oh, you asked the question, why are you so worried about me? <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, though, I mean, Kellerman's only doing his job, and Kyrie was being kind of a dick. Oh, oh, he definitely was being a dick. Even Stephen A. said it the day after. He was like, uh, why does he have to act like that? And usually I don't agree with dude. I forgot what his name is. He's the ESPN version of Clay Travis. Nick Not Nick Wright. Uh, he's Sometimes, ESPN. Uh, Will Kane? Will Kane, that's the buddy name. I can't stand his ass. I can't stand him either, but he made a great point. He was just like, he said something to the fact of like, Stephen A. asked Kyrie a question. And he was like, well, he was like, it's not about me. And then, but like this, right before that, he was like, well, this is about my future. This is about my decision. And like the, the dude, Will was like, well, Kyrie, we, the follow-up question to that question is related to what you just said. This is about you. You're talking about yourself in this situation. And it was just like Kyrie was trying so hard to be philosophical. Yeah, that's, that's and, the faux you know, philosophical uh, Kyrie that I, I find both hilarious and stupid. It's, so it's like, yeah, it, that's why you know, all, no black man should be without a beard or a mustache. <laughs> like, yeah, it looks weird, man. It looks really, really weird when black men don't have mustaches and beards. So he cut that off, and he looks he a rapist. Looks, yeah, he looks like a like a like a pedophile or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had a sexual should, registry. Should not be without without a mustache. So he cut that off, and then now he's wearing a suit, and it's all like all these monotone Kobe Bryant responses. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's trying too hard. You like, come on, it's cool. Uh, we understand. Like, I think LeBron, I think LeBron off the court is an awesome, 
awesome person, right? I think he's great. Like, I don't even like LeBron, but the off-court stuff that he does, like he's probably the greatest basketball player at any of that stuff. Maybe Kareem. I'll give you Kareem. But other than that, it's, it hasn't been many people better than him. At, you know, speaking his mind, all of that. But on the court and on the team, I could see him probably being a bit of an asshole. Yeah. Oh, of course. And uh, what yeah. really did it for me was that kid thing. Him calling him kid about a million times. Like, that is a grown-ass man. He was a grown-ass man yeah, love for the when you got to Cleveland. So you calling him kid a million times while he's referencing you as a grown man is complete and utter disrespect. So I can understand, like when Kyrie, when LeBron got there, Kyrie was fielding questions about LeBron being a father figure to him when he has a fucking father. So I can yeah. only imagine <laughs> what was going on in his head during the three years they were together when LeBron is probably trying to treat him like he's Mario Chalmers. He's like, you know what? I'm sick of this shit. You know what? I'm sick of you. I think I don't want to be here. I anymore. think LeBron. I think LeBron got a lot of that mean girl shit too. Like he'll gather up everybody, and if all those guys are followers, Iman, Jr., yeah. uh, Trishan, he basically. I don't think he's. I think he's taken Trishan nuts. I don't <laughs> think he's a man anymore, and gave him the Chloe. Um, I forgot who else. Um, it doesn't matter, but he's just, he gathers everybody up, you know, mean girl style and be like, Hey, nigga, you the odd one out. Well, we had your fucking neck. You got the bounce. And like, even Richard Jefferson, like he couldn't even answer that shit and be, and be neutral about it in a sense of like why Kyrie left or does LeBron have a point? Because, you know, I feel like, Rich really wanted to be on the side of Kyrie and to be like, no, he had a right to leave. It's his decision. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, it is. It's like, I think, you know, people are like, man, you're going to the finals every year and you're playing with LeBron. It's like, yeah, I mean, all of that sounds good to the people that aren't in it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it always sounds good. But once you win a championship, especially at his age, it's like you're not searching for that anymore. Like, okay, I have my ring. I want to try a different challenge, and the challenge that I'm trying now is something that people, you know, and I'm not a Kyrie fan, but one thing I I will say, I don't like when people bring up the fact that Cleveland wasn't good in his first few years before LeBron got there. I don't like that because he was 19 years old, and that team was trash. There is a reason why they got the number one pick in the draft because they weren't a good team. Because you can't, you can't bring up the 19-year-old playing on a bad team and try to compare it to the 25- or 26-year-old that is no longer the same 19-year-old basketball player. That's garbage. They were the number one pick in the draft. They got the number one pick in the draft for like three straight years. That team wasn't good. It wasn't good and at those all. Those picks are trash. And they drafted Anthony Bennett's trash ass. Come on now. And they drafted it, and they was making bad moves with the draft and – Deion Waiters wasn't a good fit for uh, for him to be on a team with him. It was all kinds of things that were going wrong with the Cleveland Cavaliers organization. So when people be like, well, I don't know if he could do this, and I don't know why he wants to be the man. We've seen him as the man. Actually, you really haven't. You saw a 19-year-old dude playing on bad teams. That's what you saw. You saw and We M1. also saw a 25-year-old guy hit a, a, a game-winning uh, three in a championship game against the best team 
that ever played basketball in the regular season and a back-to-back MVP um, winner. So it's like you can't take one thing without taking the other, right? And it feels like a lot of people when it comes to Kyrie are just taking the one thing. It's like, well, he played on bad Cleveland teams and he didn't make them better. So it's this one thing. No, no, that's what we're going to bring up. And I don't think that's fair. I think it would be fair if we take the totality of his career and use that and to, to see where he's going. So I can understand where he's coming from as a basketball player. That was something I did earlier in my in my career that I kind of failed at, and I want to see if I'm better at it now. And it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if I'm winning championships with LeBron James. That like that doesn't factor into this decision, and I don't think anybody should look down on him because he decided to do something else. You know, you know what it you know what it is that I guess that people don't understand is to um, like you said earlier uh, on the outside. I mean, wow, you get to play with one of the greatest to ever play basketball. Wow, the Chiefs really just cost themselves the game. Oh, never mind. Ball is dead. Never mind. Oh, never mind. Um, I'm sorry. I'm watching the game. And um, but um, yeah. On the outside looking, it looks great, and you playing with one of the greatest. I mean, you can say that for sure. You're one of the greatest. But we don't know what it's like working with a man every day, every single day for three years. I get tired of nigga too because LeBron is a diva. And it's like everybody is like, well, he just couldn't uh, handle the pressure and all this other shit. You don't know any of that. This is like all these disparaging remarks about uh, Kyrie Irving. And it's like we're just supposed to take it because he's playing with LeBron, that he's the bad guy. But we don't know. We don't know. And I have a feeling that when somebody is calling you a kid for 30, for, you know, for three years straight, that's a, that would be a problem for me if I'm 25 And that's just the old. outside. Man, that's, that's just yeah. the, that's He's calling the him thing. that on the outside. You can only yeah, well, imagine he, what it's like on the inside. That's no. why, uh, look, I think in one of those interviews, he was like, um, LeBron know, you know, what happened between me and LeBron. LeBron knows what it was. Which, I mean, we all know that something happened between them two. It was something. Yeah. You know, we'll probably find out about it years and years later, but we know that there was something that happened. Um, so. I just don't want to hear the whole. He's because I, I'm on a, I'm not on either person's side in this. Like whether Kyrie or LeBron, I just think that team became extremely dysfunctional, yeah, which it shouldn't sport. have. It became extremely dysfunctional after they won a championship. I think them winning was the worst thing that could have happened to them. Yeah, they because they said they wanted to leave after they won the championship. after the championship. <laughs> like, um, I know you guys aren't exactly the biggest fans of Ryan Rosillo. But he made a really good point when all this Kyrie stuff was going on. Kyrie plays point guard. Kyrie has never been a true point guard playing in Cleveland because LeBron is the point guard. LeBron runs the offense. Kyrie's never really run the offense. Kyrie can't really be a true point guard, which is why he probably one of the reasons why he wants to leave. He wants his own shit. What's wrong with that? I don't know what that. I don't, it's like okay, we got mad at Kevin Durant. For going and teaming up and playing with um with other with other superstars. Yeah, you fucking right. And then you get mad at a guy who decides he doesn't want to play with a superstar. And he wants his own thing. Like, how can you have it both ways? You can't be upset at the guy for going to no, win a championship. No, no, no. Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward ain't no motherfucking but, Steph Curry. Okay. No, nah, he, he no. But what I'm saying is, he left LeBron James. Gordon Hayward ain't no damn LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I like Gordon Hayward, 
But he's, he's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, he's not. A, he's not LeBron James. So like, it's it's clearly a step down. You know, he he he's not playing with the best basketball player in basketball anymore. He decided he wanted to do something different, and people are just like, "Well, shit, no." That, and, and that that and, and to me, the difference is that their relationship was so strained. To I don't think that Russ and Kevin's relationship was strained. I think Kevin told the truth on what the real problem was, even yeah, though I don't think Billy Donovan is a bad coach. Look. I said I've been saying this for a while. That team was not good enough because they never went out and got that team any shooting. And the True. only shooting on that team was Kevin Durant, and that is not going to be good enough. It was never going to be good enough. You need more shooting than just the superstar player. The superstar player needs to have an easier way of scoring baskets, and he never ever had that. He that's why when he went to uh to OKC, it was like a breath of fresh air. You could see it in his face, like oh. Oh my God. Like, I've never had space like this before. These guys actually pass the ball. These guys actually move without the ball. Like, this is amazing. Like, I mm-hmm. love this. Like, it, it's different. I, like you said, I don't think it was, you know, some strained relationship, you know, with, with, uh, with, with, with Russ. And by all accounts, there, Russ and KD are actually, you know, okay now, which I don't know why they wouldn't be kind of stupid for them to be upset at you, for one of them to be upset at the other for going and doing something that he wanted to do. The same thing with, with you know Kyrie, him deciding he wanted to do something different. He wanted to go out on his own and, and, and further his career. I don't think either one of them should be upset at the other. But I think like like we've said before, it's easy for us to look at the outside of these, these situations and, you know, cast disparaging remarks about guys because of what they decide they want to do. I just think it's funny, like I said, that, you know, a guy, like two completely separate uh, situations, I mean, they're literally on the opposite ends of the spectrum, have fans mad at both of them. It's weird. Yeah. See, you I, cannot I, see, win with fans. This is what I was watching this uh I've been like, in case all of our followers know, I've been off social media for a while now. I've just been really vibing and just being to myself, you know, trying to put a lot, of, put a huge investment into self care. And a part of that, I've been watching a lot of these like videos that dig deep down into who you are as a person and try to, you know, uh, I guess uh, revitalize whatever your main strengths are. And I watched this Kobe video, and it, it was, and it wasn't so much Kobe talking. It was guys that they win. Oh, Sorry. And it was all these interviews with guys who played with Kobe, and this shit goes back to like Nick Van Exel days. I gotta send you guys this link. And these guys were talking about like how Kobe was psychotic from the first day he walked into the Lakers organization, and then they go all the way up to like. Pal Gasol and Sasa is they were telling these stories about like he demanded so much of other people to where when you would watch him practice by himself, you say like, oh, he must be insane because if he demands that much from us, I can only imagine what he's telling himself in his head. Transition to nowadays, could you imagine if, if the relationship was like that with Kyrie and LeBron? I can only imagine what it would have been like. Do you think Kyrie would have taken... Uh, a Kobe mentality, a, a teammate like Kobe, do you think he would have been sensitive to him or do you think he would have thrived off of him? 
it's, it's weird because people, you know, they benefit from, from completely different things, right? It, mm. it, it seems to me like he would have probably liked to play with a mindset like Kobe. I feel like he kind of is Kobe. Yeah, like, like I think he really idolizes what you know what Kobe does and how he goes about you know playing the game and his day to day routine and uh, the expectations he has of himself and all of that. I, I think he really li- he likes that, and I think he likes the straightforwardness that comes with a guy that plays the game like that. I think there's a lot of um, a lot of. Uh, mind games <laughs> when you're playing with LeBron James, or at least it seems like it was in that locker room, because something set him off. Something set him off. And I really think it was like that bullying mentality, like, oh, no, you're going to do what I say because I'm LeBron, I'm LeBron James. James. Yeah, I'm LeBron. And this is Cleveland. This is my shit. This is my city. Like, you might have I think you might be right. I can see that. You might be like, right I, with that. I really do think it was like that, where, like, LeBron came back home. He was so driven off of, you know, just being, you know, I have to win it for Cleveland. You know, Cleveland, this is for you. To where, and I think, I think especially when Kyrie hit that shot, because Kyrie, as much as I love LeBron, y'all know this, Kyrie and LeBron could have easily won co-MVP for the finals. I thought they should have. Because they both, and especially in the last three games, they their stats were insane. And I feel like a lot, because it was LeBron and it was LeBron coming back to Cleveland, Cleveland it yeah. totally overshadowed how great Kyrie was and how great he was in that final game. Like for people to say, oh, he's just a kid, he's making a kid decision, an immature decision to leave the Boston. He wasn't a kid when he hit... A, a, a championship clinching shot in the game seven. Like, <laughs> you can't get shoes when he's immature because it doesn't work like this. So, even after he won, something must have ticked him off. And I, I believe it was just the power trip going to LeBron's head. I agree. I, I'm with, I'm there with you. I'm not, I mean, and I'm glad it came from you and not from me. Because if I say it, I'm just a hater, and I just don't like LeBron, which, you know, I don't... Yeah, you fucking right. I don't think that's the case. It's not that I dislike LeBron. It's just like he's not my favorite player. I can accept his greatness and also see flaws in what he does. And I think there had to have been something that went on between them two that set that guy off. And I think, you know, like we've said in the midst of this conversation, that interview with him calling him a kid a million times, perfect example. That shit wasn't cool. That it was something, like some huge issue between them two that led to that, to, to that exact moment right there. Because he said, I mean, if you go back there and look at that man, it was a lot of kid this and kid that. And every time you saw Kyrie, he was referencing LeBron as a man. It was every single time, and yeah. that would eat respectful too. Yeah, it was a respectful way of speaking. Uh, speaking about him, and I don't know how respectful he was when you know they were in the locker room, but it was always respectful when he was in the media. So, yeah. So, how do you think LeBron's going to be with uh, the Ball family when he goes to L.A.? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I don't know, considering uh, LeVar had a lot to say about his, his, his kids and shit. So, I, I don't know. 
I have no clue. <laughs> but it's a good thing that you brought up the ball family. <laughs> it's a good segue, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> See how I did that. <laughs> we like the segues around here. Um, LaMelo is leaving Chino Hills. LeVar is going to homeschool him and train him. Have you ever seen a high-prospect NCAA player, NCAA player that was homeschooled and did not play basketball for two years in high school? Maybe some European people, but I don't know. I don't follow them. They were playing basketball somewhere. I mean, is all he's going to be doing is AAU? Which I'm not a big fan of. I mean, does he really need any more exposure from high school basketball? Does he need any more exposure, period? I think he's going to have to play basketball. Like, I think that's what he needs. And like when you, I was reading about this whole thing about you know Levar taking him out of Chino Hills. And it seems like it came on the heels of the coach telling him these games where Melo taking fifty shots, that shit's gonna stop. And he seems to have had a problem with that. And I don't know why you would have a problem with the coach telling you your son cannot shoot fifty times a game. Like he cannot do that. We have other people on this team. Why is that a problem? I generally like LeVar. I generally like him. I'm going to reserve judgment on this move because I don't want to just be like, man, this is stupid. I don't know his full plan. I'm going to reserve judgment on it, but I don't know. Not a fan of it. Not a fan of this one. Mm. I think... I think this, this boy at school, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Especially with, uh, I really want to know what the relationship is, like the three-way relationship, giggity, with <laughs> Lavar, the Chino Hills coach, and Steve Alford. Right, because isn't this like the third Chino Hills coach. <laughs> I think guys. so, because I don't think I want to say that. I could be wrong. I have to Google it. But I want to say that LeVar didn't have the greatest relationship with Steve Alford either. <laughs> I mean, Steve Alford. I think Steve Alford is the coach of uh, UCLA. I might say that name sounds familiar. And um, it, this isn't, this isn't, to me, it isn't smart, man. Uh, I totally get, like, I totally get the the sense of like LeVar wanted to protect his son but now it's starting to seem like LeVar is more focused on protecting his brand you know yeah. which is the, the, the ball enterprise you already have one son that is he, he, he's made it not yet like in a sense of like oh this kid is a, he's an NBA player he's made it he's in the league he's a second pick in the draft Second pick in the draft is cool, man. The rest, of the, what you're, what the other boy is doing, that should be on cruise control right now. Everything is set. Let him go to the school. He he needs to learn that. No, nah, motherfucker, you can't chuck up sixty uh, <laughs> shots a game. That's not gonna work. <laughs> this is that is not how this works. I don't give a shit who your dad is, and Lavar can go to any other school. I don't know how much plug he has over there in SoCal, but. I doubt that any other coach is going to be like, oh, yeah, we could take some L just because you want to get you know, Lamella wants to throw up some some 100-point games. <laughs> he wants to shoot a half-court shot. 
like five times a game and point at it and all this other garbage that he wants to do. Like you, okay, you did that. You got it. Um, how about we try something else now? Why don't like why don't we move forward to getting him an actual like skill set besides just shooting, you know, running off of screens and not and playing defense and all of the things that will make him a better basketball player? How about we do that? But he doesn't like you said. He doesn't seem interested in all of that. And it's not even like he's taking him out for one year. The kid is going to his junior year in high school, like two whole years without organized high school competitive basketball. Like, that's not smart at all. I don't know. I I, I, I want them to succeed, to be honest with you, because, like, do you watch the TV show? Yeah, I I get to see it. I I, I just recently heard about it. And the stuff that he does, like, for his wife is just absolutely incredible. And I, like, I want to see them succeed. You know, they're, you know, it's a black owned business and I'm a black man. I like seeing black people do really, really well. So I would really, I want to see them succeed. This is one of those moves where I'm just like, I don't know. At this point, at this point, I mean, I know it's indirectly, but he's kind of giving these the haters and the, the, um, the pundits Gasoline, you know. Yeah, with every every move that he makes like this, especially if it's about, you know, you don't want your, you know, you don't you have a problem with the coach telling you how he's going to coach the team, and he's had issues with every coach. So at some point, you know, the common denominator just becomes Levar. Yeah, <laughs> like it's been different people with different personalities, and you've had a problem with all of them, probably because they just don't want you. To try to take over their team, like, and they shouldn't. They should. You can't clip the, you know, the coach's balls, which is what he seems to do um, everywhere he goes. It seems like he's yeah. clipping the coach's balls, and, the, and yeah, and it's a new like, coach at the school too. Yeah, he's like, I'm not about to let you do that to me, like you did it with these other guys. So no, no, thank you, no, thank you. We're he said, uh, as and this is quote for quote what Lavar said. That coach has his own mind, his has his own frame of mind on how he wants to play and who he picks in the team. Okay, y'all got that going on. Let's see how you do without my tutelage, without me training those kids at my house. It seems like anybody who's training over here, that coach don't want him in the team. And essentially what he said, <laughs> who's ever training at his house, number one, a la LaMelo, he doesn't want them playing. Well, I guess. You got to chill. <laughs> he's got he has to chill he's got to chill man like it's not that serious bro it's really not that coach is like you said hey like the first line in that sentence itself is ridiculous he's got his own mindset well yeah he's the coach of the team he's like, a fucking he, coach he should have his own mindset his mindset shouldn't be to you know like how am I going to appease LeVar Ball and LaMelo Ball like he has 11 other young men on that team and they all to be taught, so you should be able to understand that. But I, I, I guess he can't, so he's gonna take his ball literally and go home. On the show notes, you make sure you put that. Like, why Lamar wants to take his ball and go home? You make sure you put that. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn LeVar Ball, man. He makes it so difficult to like him sometimes. I swear he does. From some of the weirdo comments that he makes about 
any and everything and then moves like this. And then you watch the TV show and he's just like being just really awesome with Tina. Who is that, Drake? Was that you that said that? What I was like, is is LeVar a misogynist? And was it you? You were like, well, he's not not a misogynist. He's definitely a feminist. Definitely me. One of my things. <laughs> I don't want to call you it, but I'm not going to say you're not. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he may not be a misogynist, but he's wearing a misogynist uniform. Very, very well. <laughs> he, he, hey, Jay, you know what we should do, bro? We should get some T-shirts like it says, like "Feminism is Cancer" and sell them to the website. Man, that'd be man, cool. I do not think that's going to go over very well, <laughs> but um, we might get some hits. We, we'll get some hits, all right. Yeah, <laughs> not positive, not positive, not positive, hits. and they're going to be physical. <laughs> <laughs> Feminism is cancer. <laughs> Make sure you send now your hate mail to what is your email address, Chris? Yeah. Uh, Christian Dabrosso16 at gmail.com. Send it all my way, man. Send all that hate mail directly <laughs> to him. I have nothing to do with it, ladies. I like you. I love you too. I love you too, man. You just don't want them to have the same amount of pay as you. It's all good. And they got enough rights. God damn. All right. Now that we're talking about rights, bleep that shit out. No, yeah, no, nah, that's standing there, buddy. Forget about that. Let's talk about the right to protest. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I'm here for it. Okay, it seems like there's a musical chair chairs of protest is going on right now. Are you locking arms? Are you kneeling? Are you kneeling with a hand over the heart? Are you kneeling and locking arms? Like, are you Ray Lewison? And that means Conan. I, I don't know what's going on. It's like Street Fighter combos. Like what? Yeah, it's like it's like an ultra combo of protest going on in NFL right now, and it is completely taken away from what Colin Kaepernick initially started this protest for in the first place. I, like, if you ask somebody what Colin Kaepernick was protesting for, like, I don't know. Uh, he was protesting the flag, right? Like, that's what you're going to get because nobody knows what is going on anymore, and it hurts the the whole movement that you have guys like Ray Lewis on television spouting off complete and utter nonsense every day. Nothing that dude says ever makes sense. We just need more prayer. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> None of that had anything to do with it. Did you see did you see this did you see him? Did you see him? Yeah I did. I was like get yeah, down was on like both of us. I didn't I didn't get down on one knee. I got down on both of them. On both knees. <laughs> 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 I got down on both knees because we need more prayer. Like everything he says is so like he's always saying everything is like this dire straits in his voice, but then he's literally not saying anything that means anything. He's like, I I didn't yeah. protest with them because I've, I I do too I do too much with with the military and 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 the police. I can't I can't do it. Shut the fuck up, Ray Lewis. <laughs> like, I wish I was. That Shannon could actually say that on television because Amen. I know. Amen. Shannon said some shit like, I, I heard somebody told me today at work that he said something about he was on the Henny and, and, the and he was smoking black and mild. Yeah, black. Come on. All right. He's not. Okay. Everything. I, I, I mean, I don't 
really agree with many people about anything. I try my best <coughs> not to. But I have not disagreed with one thing Ray, uh, that, that, that Shannon Sharp has had to say about this entire situation yet. Everything he said has been on point. Everything Ray Lewis has said has been wrong, has been counterproductive, has been stupid, has been nonsensical. Very coonish. It's been coonish, and they keep putting his black ass on television to talk that bullshit about needing more prayer. And I mean, cool, pray. Prayer is great. I think prayer works for the people who believe in it. But I don't think praying alone is going to fix anything. So I'm just saying that we just need more prayers is like, okay, it's like saying we need more air. Uh, you don't think? Yeah, okay. <laughs> wow. Thank you for telling me something that I already know. Now, what are we going to do to to fix these problems? And he never has anything that's beneficial to fixing the problem. It's always just Ray Lewis just talking. Just a bunch of goddamn talking, a bunch of talking about nothing, just going in circles. If y'all could have seen the look on Chris Carter's face today. Oh my god, man. Chris Carter is so fucking funny, dog. No, you know he's funny with the faces, man. Randy Moss. Man, they be looking at that's another one. What are you talking well, about? Randy Moss, he borderline. He, he, I feel like he got about one more season. He gonna start coning too, but I'm, I'm gonna give him some time. You think so, from Randy? Yeah, yeah because man. when um, what's what's Buddy's name? Um, what's Buddy, Buddy Ryan's son? Um, Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan talked about Trump. Man, they could cut to uh, Randy Moss. Look on Randy Moss's face, he man. Like, he looked like, like you. What, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Rex uh, Rex Ryan. I'm so sorry. This is what pisses me off about the NFL. This is what really, like, I hate this shit. When Donald Trump was telling people that Mexicans are racist, when he was blocking all of these goddamn countries that refugees would come in because they were Muslim, when he was telling black people that they were living in hell, the NFL didn't have anything to say about that. You didn't see Rex Ryan on television. <laughs> Talking about how pissed off he was about that man disparaging whole races of people. But the second he says something about the NFL, calls an NFL player a son of a bitch, which I am sure Rex Ryan has called his players sons of bitches before. But now that it's Donald Trump, now all of a sudden, there's this huge goddamn problem. Fuck Rex Ryan. Fuck the NFL. They don't give a shit about anything. The only thing they care about is whether or not something is going to stop them from making money. Rex Ryan, your ass don't even work for the NFL anymore. (laughs) Get your ass up out of here, boy. Talking about some, I'm just so hurt that he'd say this about these 60 guys in a locker room. Fuck them 60 guys in a locker room. They're not standing up for equality. Fuck them. And fuck you too, because you're not standing up for equality. They don't stand up for anything. They get paid to play the goddamn national anthem. They don't give all of the breast cancer awareness money to breast cancer fucking research. I don't give a shit about nothing these dudes are talking about. That's why I don't watch that shit anymore. And, I and the, uh, the, uh, this, the, in October, they start breast cancer and salute to service. And salute to service is a bunch of bullshit because, I mean, like, I, it's probably in the single digits how much of that money goes to anything that's related to like veterans, you know, active duty military or, you know, families that are affected by, you know, like wounded warriors and things like that. It's a bunch of bullshit. 
it's all bullshit. Because I, I've been having this argument with people nonstop since like all of this has been happening. The flag does not represent military. It has never <laughs> represented the military. It will never represent the military. It's a piece of military, fucking thing. It's quite. It is, but it's the opposite of what people think. The military represents the flag. The military goes over and waves the flag. The flag does not go and fucking wave the military. Our officers <laughs> are a representation of that flag. It's not the other way around. So that flag, is they're not disrespecting the military when they don't stand for the flag. And it's been misconstrued. The whole thing about police, like it's a, they don't want to support the troops even when Colin Kaepernick you know, at first Colin was sitting down for the national anthem. You remember yeah. that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, a, a vet spoke with Colin and talked to him about it and asked him if he could start kneeling during it. An actual vet right. asked him to do this. So while all you people are telling us that he's disrespecting veterans, he's literally doing something that a veteran asked him to do. Everybody but you know what's crazy about that? <laughs> Go ahead. You know what's even crazier about that? And, uh, Oh, he's kneeling down the flag, disrespectful to our veterans. He's disrespectful to they stand for. He's literally using the rights that soldiers and other people in the armed forces have died for to make a statement. That's what he's doing, right? He's using his rights that they gave their lives for, which is what he's supposed to be doing. How do people not see that? And the whole thing with this protest, for all these other people kneeling, nobody was doing anything before Trump said something. Nope. Once, once Trump insulted the cash crop, then the NFL cares. And then Goodell comes out with that shitty-ass statement, and then Stephen, uh, Stephen Ross, whatever his name is, the uh, owner for the Dolphins, he came out and said what he said about the anthem about Colin Kaepernick, and then signing color over Kaepernick. At that point, I was done. This is what happens, Joe, when you beg white people to care about your cause. This is what happens when you beg white people to care about what's happening to us in these streets. They gentrify it. Uh, my word for it has been co-op, but we can we can say we can say gentrified. We, we can say gentrified. That works as well because now the face of the protest is Jerry Jones with a big stupid fucking grin on a shit eating grin. It's on all these face, idiots locking uh, arms like, with these. Even plates. the dude from uh from Jacksonville, he was one of the largest donors for Trump. to Trump's campaign. What is my man's name? Shaquan. Uh, uh, fuck. Let me let me slow down. A <laughs> A, 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 a Muslim. I, mean, <laughs> I almost came out my body real quick. Y'all know I've been I've been trying to dig deep to find out who I am. So what are you referring to that? I think you're about to find out. <laughs> a, 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 a Muslim man who who clearly shows everybody that Trump don't really hate all Muslims as long as they come correct with that cash. Of course. So he even was a prime supporter of Trump, but you up here locking arms with your players because he disrespected your brand. He disrespected if you don't get the, the entire fuck out of here with that bullshit. You know what else pisses me off about this entire scenario, man? I keep hearing these words, solidarity and unity. Okay, that's great. 
But my people are still getting killed every day. I say this is what this is what he's fighting for. That's he's exactly fighting for he's solidarity for. and unity for everyone, not just the few. He wants it for the all. Exactly. And that's what he's fighting for. That's what the whole protest was about. And until people understand that, it's like it's never gonna change. Nothing's gonna change. It's gonna be people that are gonna call him a nigger because he doesn't stand for the flag. They're gonna be happy that he doesn't have a job. They're going to burn jerseys like it was people uh, burning Terrell Suggs' jersey and burning um, season tickets. tickets and all this other shit. You, you had to pay for it. You had even, a, even those uh, those racist fucks in Boston and Massachusetts, they were burning Patriots' jerseys. You had because, uh, you know a fire chief calling uh, Mike Tomlin a no-good nigger and all this other shit. That you oh, man, that's crazy. Like all of this stuff goes on is disparaging remarks about black people, and then y'all wonder yeah. why somebody wouldn't want to stand for a flag where it's supposed to be equality for all, but it doesn't even represent us. Country, it does not. Rep- they feel like it does not represent them. And if you can't understand that, that's your problem. It doesn't mean anybody else has to stop. They and at that, stop. and at that point, I say this to all of my black people: like, stop. Telling them why Kaepernick is kneeling. Stop telling them why he's protesting. Why he started what he started. They know why. They know why. They know. They know. They know exactly why. They choose not to know why. To, they they're they're ignoring the reason why, because the reason why is uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable thing, and that's good. I don't think people realize that the people that are uncomfortable they don't realize that's a good thing, because now you're understanding. But they want to block out that 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 feeling of. Of being uncomfortable, they want to keep things the way that it is because the way that it is feels good. Being yeah. uncomfortable doesn't feel good. Fuck that. Throw you it. Well, talking about Jones real quick. What he did, he kind of undermined. He was one of the first ones to undermine the entire, the entire protest movement, and he, that entire team kneeled before the anthem, and then had. Linked arms during the anthem. Okay, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Nate Boyer, (laughs) Nate Boyer caught that shit a cop out. It was. It is. So Nate Boyer is the veteran who Dre was referencing earlier, and people love to try to pull out that you're disrespecting our military. And Nate Boyer be come out and he'll be like, "Well, I'm not disrespected. I, I." Serve my country and put my life on the line so Marshawn could sit and or kneel, so Colin can sit or kneel. People are going to be mad, and that's okay. And those same people that'll be like, "You're disrespecting our military," they'll be quick to be like, "Well, well, he doesn't speak for all military, really, because he is a highly decorated war veteran <laughs> who just happened to play foot play football in the NFL as a just as some shit to get by, and he happened to be good at it, and like." Come on, man. That 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 don't yeah. make sense. And he even he even went so far as calling out Drew Brees. Drew Brees don't want to have that conversation though. Just like you no. said, Chris, like you don't have to explain shit to them because they don't want it. They don't want to have a conversation about it. They want to be on the fence. They want to be divi- divisive. They want to, you know, have their own mindset of thinking about it. Just like Drew Brees, he's like, we as a Saints team will do it before the anthem, but we will not. Like, I couldn't be I, – if, if, if I'm Adrian Peterson, I'm not getting no tick. I'm not getting the ball. Hey, I'm kneeling on this, Jay. You, uh, 
Can y'all trade me? I know y'all don't want me here in the first yeah, place. So go ahead. Deal. I'm kneeling for this bitch player. So let's get this popping. Devin. Hmm. I had I put up a post on Facebook. It was on my personal page. I'm not gonna say what the post is because it might be offensive for some people. I don't want anybody to think I'm an asshole. But a couple <laughs> a couple of veterans came on the on the post. Because a young lady was saying how offensive it was to, you know, not stand for the flag and all this other shit. So the guy, one of the guys tells her, he's like, it's not offensive to me. I'm a 10-year vet. You know what this chick says to him? <laughs> she told him, thanks for your service, but you can go to another country. Wow. These are the people that are telling you to stand for the flag. Thank you for your service. Go to another country. Was he black? Yeah, he was black. Of course. Yeah, he was black. I didn't even have to ask that. The thing is, she was half black and half white. <laughs> but I keep telling you about these mulattoes, man. Damn. God damn. You gonna take that down? God, God damn it. God damn, nigga. You okay, ain't black skinned just because you light skinned and shit. Somewhere in there, somebody's black. <laughs> <lying. laughs> I think this I'm is really trying, man. I'm really trying. A very, very productive conversation. I don't know if everyone is going to you know enjoy it, but I hope you know, people that are, you know, who got through it, I hope, you know, you you know, you got a little bit of our perspective about it how we feel about this um I, I you know i one of the things i said to you know the young lady she's younger than me you know we were holding the conversation and you know one of the things that i said to her because she said there are you know bigger things going on in the world and i told her right I like told her, like like unarmed black men being shot in the street exactly, exactly. i told her some people there is no bigger battle there's nothing bigger than this there will never be anything bigger than this and the fact that you say that there's bigger things going on in the world, that is the prime indicator that you have no idea of what it is to be like that, to live like that, to live in fear as a black person in America. Like you have no idea what it is. And that's why people could be like, yeah, just stand for the flag. But when you honestly don't believe that what that flag is supposed to represent represents it for you. It's hard to stand up for it. I'm not even gonna lie. I have not stood up for the national anthem in four years. Nigga, I like, don't plan on standing up for it. I mean, this wasn't a Colin Kaepernick <laughs> thing that did this for me. This was something I decided for myself years ago, and I, I don't plan I, on standing for it anytime soon. I had a moment with my godmom. Uh, she had went to go register for me, register me for school in eighth grade. We were living in uh, in a beach town in Florida. So, like, this part of the town that we lived in was more uh, uh, more liberal than the other part, the more inland part of Florida. I'm going to let it remain lameless so I don't hurt any of the people down there. Because um, some of them actually do follow us. And the she was registering for me to was registering me for school. And I was probably there on their first day. So I didn't have to go to school that day. And we were in the middle, you know, the whole paperwork and shit. And, you know, the this is around the time when they actually did the Pledge of Allegiance. So 
they came on the loudspeaker, you know, everybody please, you know, stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance. The teachers, there's a few, like, administrative people in the office. They all stand up, face the flag, put the hand over their chest. My God, my, I'm, and I'm used to doing it out of routine. Like, I don't, I'm, I don't know what the fucking symbolism in that shit is. I, I, I don't know. And I stand up and <laughs> put my hand over my heart, look at the flag, and I look over to my godmom, and she just, all she did was stand up, sat down halfway through the joint. And I asked her, like, we were driving back home later that day. I was like, yo, Maria, how come you didn't, you know, you didn't stand up and put your hand over your heart and you, like, sat down halfway through? And boy, that is when I learned about the Star Spangled Banner and standing up to do the Pledge of Allegiance. It's bullshit. The entire thing is bullshit. And I'm going to end by saying there's one of my buddies, two of my good friends who are combat veterans. One was one is in Iraq right now, and the other one is about to go back to Afghanistan. We all took a poll in the group chat, and we were like, you in the NFL, you kneeling for the uh, national anthem? And we all agreed that we would. And all of us served our country, all of us fought for our country. And almost everybody in this group is some type of different ethnicity. That's a lot of people who are speaking for veterans and speaking for active duty military who haven't served. They haven't even thought about serving. They're too scared to even walk into a recruiter's office. It's a bunch of bullshit. I will kneel and chew bubble gum while I do it. If I was a player in the NFL, that's all I got to say about that. I wouldn't be ignorant and start stretching like LaShawn McCoy, who's a hypocrite. But Oh, man. Don't get me started on it. Don't get me started. I'm so glad you brought this up at the end of the podcast, not the middle of it. Seriously. Because I had another 20 minutes on about that. Ooh. That I'm, trying to be a, I'm trying to be a better Christian, man. I'm trying to be a better Christian. That's good. That's good. I'm a heathen. I'm not trying to be But <laughs> I will say, I'm glad you're trying to be better. Devin, thanks for that story. Um, this has been the According to Sources podcast. You guys know where to find us. Um, it's A2 Sources on Twitter. It's According to Sources at gmail.com. According to Sources where Sean Covington is just writing a crap ton of stuff. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like all the time. And it's not just like wrestling stuff. It's basketball, football, baseball, hockey. He's just writing. Ain't nothing but propaganda. He, yeah, you're probably right. But he's doing a lot of it. <laughs> it is a lot of propaganda. So you know, go check out. Some I got of the something coming. Right. I got something coming. Give me, give me. At the end of this week, I have something. I was gonna keep it under the wraps, but I got something coming. Okay, by all means, put it up. But you know, that's where you, according to sources uh, dot com is the website. We're part of a podcast and network, the ETMF Podcast Network, where we'd all been through a, a little bit of a down, a little a bit of a drought during you know for the podcast, but we're starting to pick it back up. So go to the podcast and network and check out some of the podcasts. There's always something on there for people to to peruse, find something that you like, music, video games, movies, um, sports, pop culture. There's always something for anybody to, to get a look at and um, find something that they're interested in. So, Devin, Chris, I'm Dre. This is Mini According Sources Podcast, and we are out. Ray Lewis is Jason Whitlock's husband. Jason Whitlock, you suck!
This has been a production of the ETMF Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out etmfpodcast.com to find more information on all of the shows.